If you are ready to praise and to worship and to love our God, then you are in the right place. Jesus tells us that no one can get to him but through our Father. To know our Father, we must come to him. We must lay our burdens down and we must take his light yoke because he loves us and he cares for us and he can give us a sense of peace that is unimaginable. So please, I encourage you to keep listening, to just be present with our Father today, tomorrow, the next day after that, and every day for the rest of your life. Because truly, He is the way, the truth, and the life. John twelve twenty four says, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. You're listening to Talking Jesus with your host, Eric Arena. Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to Talking Jesus. I'm your captain speaking. This is Eric Arena. I want to let you know that today we're expecting a a large pouring out of the Spirit, a strong chance of mercy and grace. There will be some turbulence on the way, but together we will get through it if you just follow me. Again, welcome back to Talking Jesus. Today, we're going to fight the idea that the world wants us to love ourselves so much we're going to fight this focus on me, 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 right? This is all the world wants to talk about today. And this is the last thing I want to talk about today. So let's talk about how God wants to talk about talking about us on Talking Jesus. That must have been a record. Again, I'm just so glad that you continue to return to the show. I'm glad that you've listened. I'm glad that you're getting some things from the show. I I pray and encourage that you would interact with the show and ask questions. I'm looking for topics to speak about. I'm looking for people to talk to. Whatever you find interesting, I'd like to know. However, I can help dig into some scripture just so you can get another person's perspective at least. Um, I encourage your feedback. So thank you very much. But again, me, 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 self-help, self-care, me time, daily affirmations, my feelings, me too, wah, 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 right? And I'm not trying to undermine any um, kind of political movement or anything. Obviously, some of these things are meant to be taken seriously. But if you've been paying any attention in the last few years, society has shifted to this self-centered lifestyle and focus and this is how we find happiness is improving ourselves and this is how we find love is making ourselves better and more desirable this is this is how things are done is a focus if i can get it right if everyone just all looked internally and found out what was true about themselves we would all be perfect right this is kind of what's going on in the world and is it funny or a coincidence at all that as the self-centered and self-focused and self-help has improved, the, the decay of moral fabric and life and happiness altogether has gone away? I, I would say it's not. I would say it, it's perfectly understood. I think we just need to look into our Lord and Savior's life to see the truth 
about this. Now, there are so many different verses and there are so many different scriptures that I wanted to pull from today as a part of this topic. But the meat scripture here today will be Exodus 3, 7 through 15. This is a tried and true example of how the focus on ourself is not the correct idea. But before we get into too much of the meat scripture today, let's just take an honest look at Jesus's life, right? It's not too hard to see that Jesus gave his life and his position in heaven and everything he had for the ones that he loved, being everyone. True love and improvement is done in self-sacrifice, right? Taking the things about you that are good and using them to benefit others is actually how we can make the world a better place. Not having some gold and keeping it to yourself, but spreading the wealth, if you will, right? Jesus is the main example of having it all, but taking on a lowly position, a position of a servant in order to benefit those around him, that we might actually know God and be able to call him a friend. God took on those things for us. And, you know, I was at, I was at a new church um, last weekend because I was traveling and we took the communion and we got on our knees. It was actually at a Lutheran church. We got on our knees at the altar and took on the communion. And I thought that was really something amazing, you know, to really put honor and holiness and keep the communion and the Eucharist and all of this separate from kind of the rest of the, the sermon and the service. I thought that it was important to keep it holy and there was something about me going up there and, and for any, any of you who have ever been to a Lutheran or a Catholic church, they have a similar feel, although one or the other would be offended if they heard me say that. As I was in line um, waiting to receive communion, I, I just felt this energy and, and an intense feeling just building up inside of me. And as I sat there on, on my knees with my hands kind of cupped and I received the bread and the wine, and it was actual wine. It just hit me how hard and how much it truly meant for God to have done what he did, right? Only because his blood was spilled, having sacrificed himself to that point, do we get to commune with God. Only God's body breaking, like me chewing that cracker, could accomplish this. And I think that that is such an amazing thing. And, and, and it really put this new focus on me of understanding this self-sacrifice, taking the blessings that I have from God, being so great as to receive a new life and stressing the importance of giving it out to, the, to other people and giving the word and the truth to them, if nothing else. Right? We should be giving our time. We should be giving our resources. We should be giving everything that we have to improve someone else's life. Because you can look at it like, okay, if we all look inside and work to improve ourselves, then maybe things will get better, even though it's demonstrably not true because not everybody does it. But if everyone takes care of someone else, then we will all be taken care of. But the second that we take it and go internally and focus on me, is the second we start to deprive that love and that and the the ability to help from other people and that's really no good so 
you know, Jesus's life, there's so many different scriptures to kind of sum it up, but I really like this John 12, 24 verse. It's kind of subtle in there and I've overlooked it so many times, but I've been going like super deep into John and this verse just jumps out as such a self-sacrificing and what, and what that can accomplish. So John 12 verse 24 says, truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. And Jesus is foreshadowing here that he's going to die, but in his death, there will be much fruit to come out of it. He's going to bear fruit for generations to come. And in fact, this will be the final covenant between us and the Father. This will be it. And Jesus' blood is the sign, is the symbol, is the kind of, um, you know, like literally signing it in blood that was required to receive this covenant, to restore this relationship with God. And I think that that is really so exciting. So this seed, this grain of wheat needed to come off of the branch, need to be broken off, fall to the ground and die in order to be planted and grow up and take root and bear fruit thereafter. That whole process was required for the fruit in the end. And so the same thing is required for us as we look to live a life with God. We must die to ourself and take up a new life again with Christ. And that's the most beautiful thing. And before I go on too much here today, I'm just going to swing it on over to some worship. Thank God for a new day. Thank God for an opportunity to be alive. We'll get into this Exodus 3 verses 7 through 15 right after we praise the Almighty God. And I can't wait to spend that time with you. This is your captain speaking over and out. Hallelujah. Young people, there's nothing wrong with dancing for Jesus. But we can't forget where we come from. So if you don't mind, let's have a little church right now. Something about that name. Thank you, Jesus. Listen. Something about the name Jesus. Something about the name Jesus. Something about the name Jesus. Hallelujah. Yes, yes, it is the sweetest, sweetest name. Sweetest, sweetest name I know. And lift your hands and say it, it with me. Is the sweet, it is a sweet name. Name. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. I know. Listen to this right here. Some people say I'm crazy, but I can't explain. No, no. The power that I feel. Oh, when I call your name. When I call your name. Said it's just like for you. Oh, shut up in my bones. Oh, hey, the Holy Ghost is moving here. Yes, it is. And it just won't leave me alone. I got something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something about the nature. Yes, it is. Something. 
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for this opportunity and thank you for this day. Dear Lord, we just thank you for the sacrifice that you've done on Calvary that we might have an opportunity to live with you. We thank you for the example that you set for your people that we would know to be self-sacrificing. And our focus would not be on ourselves, but it would be on you, Lord. We just ask that you would open our eyes today that we could see that truth. And we would see the demonstration that you gave to us, that you were not all talk, but you truly lived a life worthy of the calling and and something that we should see and be hopeful for. that, And we should aspire to, Lord. We just desire to be closer to you. And we understand now and want to be more of a, of a self-sacrificing individual that we could lay down the desires of this world and this life and become closer to you through it, through that laying down and through the taking up of our cross, Lord. We're here today taking up our cross, accepting a new life, a new life that only you could accomplish for us, that only you gave us. And we just thank you for it all. We always thank you and we always praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah, brothers and sisters. Thank you for this day. Thank you for coming back. You made it through the first half. Now the second half is where that turbulence is really going to kick in. I'm excited. So we were talking about me, 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 
And everyone was sad, 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 because that's not the way, right? This focus on ourselves has been doing nothing but killing us and making us selfish. And so God knew that from the beginning and always wanted the focus to be on him, never wanted the focus to be on us because we weren't worth nothing. Nothing more than what was good about us was actually God. There was nothing really good about us besides God. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about, like we always do on Talking Jesus, the ideas that God lays out before us as examples of how we should be, where our focus should lay, and how he responds to the ideas of, in this case here today, selfish intent and selfish ideas. And initially, it might be difficult to see that selfishness, but let's listen closely. Exodus 3, verses 7 through 15. And the Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people, Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them out of the land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey the home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go. I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. He's talking to Moses here. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God said, I will be with you. And this will be a sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. And Moses said to God, Suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask, What is his name? Then what shall I tell them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, Say to the Israelites, The Lord, the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever, the name you shall call me from generation to generation. Amen. And thank God for those opportunities here to read this scripture and understand what is coming out of God's heart and God's mind. So uh, we'll go verse by verse, kind of work through them and fight through with God and understand exactly what he's looking for. Okay, so first things first is the most beautiful verse. And I've loved this verse. It's one of my favorite verses. This is my favorite verse. Again, I say this every week because it is. God is so good. And he says it here, right? The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. So, God hears us. God is concerned about the affliction that we go through, and He cares. That's truly the thing is that He cares. He has seen, He has heard, and now He's willing to act, and He's going to act, and He's going to do it through Moses. That is such a beautiful thing. It's such a reassurance that God is listening to you in your prayers. God is, you have God's ear, and He cares. And and in this scripture here, we see God willing to go lengths for us. He's going to go so far as to sacrifice himself and his son 
for us that we would have this relationship with him. He's going to go so much further than just Exodus 3. He's got so many more miracles and so much more time with us. And it's all just an opportunity for us to learn and come closer to God. But this truly Exodus 7, I mean, Exodus 3, verse 7 and 8 and 9 and 15 and all of the entire book is just so exciting. Verse 8, so I have come down. So acknowledging his spot up high, he's saying, I'm going to come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them out of the land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, right? This is before the Israelites have gone into the promised land and, you know, set up camp and rebelled against God several times. <laughs> this is, um, this is the product of God choosing Moses to bring them out of slavery by the Egyptians. And verse nine says, and they, again, the cry of the Israelites has reached me and I've seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. God takes note, although it might not seem like he's doing anything now, he's watching, he knows, he understands. And when God sees it appropriate and sees it fit, he will deliver justice. And so that's kind of a, a little note on faith there is in the time when you are going through it, he, he didn't jump down and save you right at that time for a purpose. There was a, a point to it, but it will come. Whatever you're going through now, I promise God will take you out of it. You just trust him. You just believe in him and you dig in deep with him and he will deliver you. He has heard your cries, your screams, the pain. He sees it internally, externally, whatever it is, he sees it. And he has a heart for you to take you out of that pain. That is a promise. And so God is ready to deliver these people. He's ready to do the thing that he had planned to do. And he says, verse 10, so now go. I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. And Moses, Moses wasn't ready for this. I mean, who would have been ready for this? It's nothing against Moses. But the idea here is, you know, we read as we get more into Exodus is that Moses kind of lacks confidence in himself and his ability to speak. So already that he, and he also just killed a guy, <laughs> but let, let, we don't have to get into that right now, but he's, there's definitely a lot of questions in Moses's mind. You can imagine, you can imagine that he's like, why me? Why are you choosing me? This does not make any sense to me. And so that's exactly what comes out of him. Verse 11, but Moses said to God, who am I? that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt. So he's asking this question. He's like, well, I just killed the man. I'm not very well spoken. I, you know, I'm certainly not this rich man. I'm out here with the, with the rest of my people. Um, what, it, what was it about me that you saw that you wanted me to do this thing? And we all feel that way. God, wh what is it about me that you put this calling on my life? What is so special about me? I'm not worth anything. I, I I hardly I can hardly look in the mirror some days. I don't understand why God would have me speak to you guys. You know what I mean? And so God answers exactly how God always answers. There's so many other examples of this in the Bible, but listen to what he says. Well, first, let's just repeat Moses' question. Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God's response here is, 
And God said, I will be with you. So he's essentially saying, it's not about you, Moses. It's about me. I was the one who heard the cries. I was the one who cared about my people. And I'm the one who's going to deliver my people. But it will be through you. I've chosen you. I could have chosen a dandelion, an apple, or maybe a brick. But I chose you, Moses. And, and, and Moses still can't believe it. And he still kind of has this anxiety about it. And he's a little timid. And so, and actually, really quick before I, I go past this first. God says, I will be with you. And then he says, I'm going to even give you a sign to prove that it was me. He says, when you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. And that is a prophecy that he lays in front of Moses that is fulfilled later on that kind of strengthens them in the time. So Moses said to God, suppose... I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask, what is his name? Then what should I tell them? And, you know, this is kind of like Moses kind of putting this off. I imagine him like looking down into the into the ground and kind of like rubbing his shoes in the dirt, kind of kicking it around. Like, you know, if they really had some questions, it's just little old me, like, what should I do? And then God says, I am who I am. God knows who he is. There's no lacking in God. There's no inability to deliver in God. This constant state of being I am. Not was, not not only was, not only will be, constantly am is the only way to describe the living God. There's no lacking. There's no inability. There's no question marks, really. Right? It's just a constant force of life that that pulsates throughout the universe that is our god and he says there's no other way to describe me besides this so this is what you're going to call me forever i am the great i am this is me this is what you are to say to the the israelites i am has sent me to you i am and always will be there is no lacking there is no question if i said it if it left my mouth it were true moses i wish you understood this but you will get to know me more and you will walk with me unlike any other man really ever has but but right now moses you're going to listen i am has sent me to you god also said to moses say to the israelites the lord the god of your fathers just a reminder I've already delivered you and I've always made and I've already made great promises to your fathers, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob has sent me to you saying that this is me coming back in to bring and deliver my people out of Egypt and to make good on my word, which left my mouth and so were true. And so the point here today, ladies and gentlemen, is that why are we focusing on us? Why are we focusing on what you can do individually? Why are you putting so much effort into yourself when God has all of the ability in his hands? Who can deliver out of his hands is something that he asked. And so this is something that we need to lean into and reject the world. We truly have to reject the world's idea of me, my truth. 
the the individual truth your your individual truth will lead you into death you will die because of what you found was true only god and his word and his measure were important and true because he is the one with the heart to deliver you he went so far to put his son on a cross and have died just to be close to you just to fulfill a promise that he made so long ago to you he was a man of his word and he's asking you to just understand that he's not even asking you i mean he's asking you to work on being a man of your word but he's more so just asking you to believe in him he knows your iniquities he knows your insecurities he knows your inabilities but it's okay because he doesn't have those things and you through jesus christ can have that in you his spirit can be in you you just have to allow it and ask it to come in don't you want to speak with this confidence i mean you'll never be able to say i am but you can be next to and a servant of and a friend of the great i am you can be so much more than you are and all you have to do is live in this vision of what God had for you, acknowledged that he heard your cry, wanted you to be different. And now it were time to listen to him. Now it were time to take the words off the page, act it out, live a life worthy of the calling and, and be and do it. Take on this current present I am status of your own human version and say, I am something honorable to God. I am different now because God has allowed it. I want to be. Further, I don't want a life that was behind. I want it to be forward looking and forward facing with the living God. So brothers and sisters, I'm just so glad you came. If, you, if you're looking for some of this confidence, if you're looking for some of this energy, I pray that you just come with me on this journey. Come with Talking Jesus. We'll talk about it where, wherever we can. Bring it up to somebody. Tell them that they need to hear this message. If they're, if you've seen them with their head hanging low, not understanding their identity, they're probably the same people who have been focusing on themselves this whole time, and the only thing that they can see is their issues. The only thing that they can see in the mirror is their problems and how ugly they are and how ugly they feel. Truly, God finds that person to be so beautiful and a, a light in this world, and they just see, they should just see this light that can come out of them, this dimness that is in them now is so lame. Who wants it? It's not attractive. Change your heart to live with God and see what will happen. Brothers and sisters, I love you. I thank you. And I always worship the name of Jesus because he is the Lord, my God, and I would be nothing without him. Amen.